Podby. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome Hello. to Witchfinger Horror Podcast. My name is Yasmina, and to my right is Morgan. Hello. To my left is Megan. Hello. And tonight we embark on Hellraiser 3. Ooh. Not one, not two, but three. Three. <laughs> a one, a two, a three. <laughs> So we decided to do the third one because it's very silly in a very good way. I will admit that obviously the best Hellraiser movies are one and two. Oh, obviously. Number one is like... It's phenomenal. It's perfect, but it's... It's a toss-up. Number a, two is so fucking good, But they're too. serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, especially, serious. Very super, serious. super yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the times, I don't think we'd fare so well with serious movies, so I understand the appeal of being yeah. the third one. Well, this one was uh, released in 92, so I really enjoy this one because I'm a big fan of the 80s, and it's not like the 80s like completely like ended, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in like 1990, so like all the scenes in the club melt my heart because it's just like all the outfits. Yes. And uh, the decor, obviously the music. I'm a big fan of all of that. Um, But this one is just, it's pretty funny. Like, it's along the same lines of cheesiness as a lot of other movies that we've done for the podcast. So that's why I decided to do the third one. Because, like, the first two are phenomenal works of art that you obviously, like, cherish and appreciate and respect um but this one is definitely like more fun along the lines of like what we do on this podcast so we're definitely going to talk about the first two and the other ones the other sequels um but uh yeah this one it just like it resonates with me i i have the vhs and i watched it a lot when i was a little kid and uh just even like all the characters like all the the gore or even like the characters of the set of bites are so the ridiculous. fucking ridiculous like the, 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 the cd guy i love him oh, oh, i know it's i know it's great man. i know it's, it's awesome discs just i came know <laughs> It's a good one for sure, but yeah, so it was released in 1992. It was directed by Anthony Hickox. He's done some shit. Yes, He's he done has done shit. He directed Waxwork 1 and 2, and he directed Warlock 2, Armageddon, ah. which makes sense because Paula Marshall, the girl that plays Terry in Hellraiser 3, is also the lead uh, female character in uh, Warlock 2, and uh, he also worked on the Motorhead video for the song Hellraiser. Which is amazing, um, by yes, the way. Yes, it is, by the way. The whole way. soundtrack of this movie is it's phenomenal. It's actually awesome. It's all, like, it's all like kind of glam, heavy metal. Yeah, there's, like, awesome Ozzy Osbourne shit that yeah. happens yeah. in this movie, There's, right? like, some KMFDM in yeah, there yeah, as yeah. well. That is one band that I never got into was KMFDM. Mm. I don't know why. I just, like, never got into them. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean... I can't say that I'm a huge fan or anything but like that. But if it's playing, I, I don't mind it. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But well, apparently I saw that um, the soundtrack actually of this movie was actually supposed to be all those songs and they didn't, I guess, fare well with audiences, test well, audiences. Well, the thing is, I was going to say, we'll get into it later, but the thing is, this this movie wasn't, for various reasons, production-wise and otherwise, this movie wasn't as big as I think that they were expecting it to be. Totally. And so the soundtrack wouldn't be as big following totally. you know, yeah. the demise of the movie. Did you see all the shit about Prince Valiant with mm-hmm. Warwick Davis? 
he was directing this movie Prince Valiant with oh, Warwick yes, Davis. Oh yes, okay. And apparently he just like fucking blew it. Like this director just fucking blew it. He like wanted all his wow. friends to have parts and like was just oh. partying all the time mm. and like it was just supposed to be the worst movie ever. So I think we should watch it. As oh before. yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking about the Motorhead song, uh, Hellraiser, it was written by Lemmy and Ozzy and Zach Wilde, and it was actually an Ozzy song that was recorded for their No More Tears album, and then it was released as a single by Motorhead the following year for their album, March or Die, and the video is hilarious. It's so amazing. I watched it Poker with Pinhead, Um, and the video was directed by Clive Barker. I know. That's amazing. Is it Doug Bradley? Uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's, yeah. It's a hilarious it's video. It's like they're cool. in like a theater and like Motorhead is like playing on the stage like down and like they're up in the second tier and it's like Pinhead and all the Cenobites are like around him and then there's like a guy that comes up like to watch the show and like sits in front of them and then they all like Rah! get him and stuff and then <laughs> it's just like, you know, intercuts with like Lemmy playing and stuff and then they play poker and it's like really. Yeah. And then Lemmy's like, the ace of spades. Just and kidding. he wins, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lemmy beats Pinhead at Obviously. Poker. Wait. Does he really play that card? I don't or not, I don't know. Okay. I'm just being funny. <laughs> I didn't but actually pay too much that. attention, but like like that's the kind of cheese that we're <laughs> dealing see, with. I you see, know that yeah. that's probably Comprende. what happened. That's awesome. Uh, well, Hellraiser 3 is uh, written by a couple dudes. The first guy, Peter Atkins. Um, he also wrote Wishmaster and Hellraiser. No, sorry, he directed Wishmaster and Hellraiser 4. Or writ- or written. I may be wrong. I've had a couple glasses of wine. Uh, and he wrote the screenplay for Hellraiser. And Tony Randall is the other guy. And Tony Randall directed Hellraiser 2 and Ticks, which is like one of oh, my nice. favorite fucking 90s science fiction movies. I love Ticks so much. It's got like a young Seth Green and Alfonso Ribeiro oh, in it. Oh, okay. And like I know, Alfonso Ribeiro's character in it is, um, they call me Panic because I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> We watched that yeah. clip. Yeah, oh it's something like that. God. It's like, oh, they call me something because I don't. I want to say panic because I remember we watched that like on a loop when I was still living with you. I have like my eyes peeled for so many of the goofs. Um, like there was such a long list of goofs that happened in this movie. Yes. And I'm pretty there, sure. Yeah, there are. This, uh, there is that a this goof is in this coming one. up right now. Okay, so we're at the scene at the hospital when Joey is like, she just finished wrapping up, like reporting something. Um, on the news, and uh, somebody is carried away with chains behind them, and she watches this man explode. Right, yes. But then apparently, like, after his head explodes, his head is intact again. Yeah. yeah he's cool, man. He's cool. That chick yeah. looked like Amy Winehouse. For okay, so that yeah. is uh, Paula Marshall. She's gorgeous. Okay, so they're both I think pretty. She's Which pretty. one are you talking about? Uh, the young one with the black, oh, black hair. hair? Yeah, Dude, uh, Seinfeld. She's in the Seinfeld episode where she is the reporter and thinks that they're gay. That is the funniest fucking episode. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> when his phone, the, the call waiting, connects the call. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, she, yes, that is a great fucking episode. And then she remember thinking, oh my god, what are we doing? Bye. <laughs> He's like, well, I think she fell for it. Yeah, yeah, she's also, like we discussed earlier in the second Warlock movie, and she's also, she's doing very well, actually. Um, Paul she's Marshall? In, yeah. Yeah, she, she's in like, a lot of fucking TV like shows. Like CSI, House, Californication, she was oh, in Nip Oh, I love Talk. that show. Man, you uh, know what I always wondered? How much do those bit parts, I mean, if you're going to be in, like, a, a guest star in House, 
Well, a guest star is different as a recurring role, though. If you have oh, okay, a recurring yeah, yeah, role, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you've landed a fucking spot on contract, yeah. unless they kill your character. Yeah, off. yeah. But, but I mean, I think you could make you could make a decent living doing it. It would be like the same as like being like maybe a session musician. You go in and you do like one song on an album, and they probably pay you. I don't know for something like that. I, I don't know. Because how many times did you and I talk about all the actors who started out on Seinfeld yeah. and now you see them and they're yeah, huge now? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I digress. So Tony Randall and Peter Atkins are the two writers and Peter actually also plays the role of the bartender slash yeah. Barbie Cenobite, which oh is funny that they gosh. called him Barbie. I know. I think Because he's strange. got like barbed wire around his yeah. face. But, Barbie. Um, um, this movie has a 5.5 on IMDb and a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I disagree with because I think this movie is fun as hell. The budget was $5 million and they made $12.5 million at the box office. Which isn't bad. No, um, they made more than double. And the first one to be filmed in the U.S., it was filmed in North Carolina because the first two were filmed in England. And um, I love all the scenes of the boiler room. I wish a bar like that was real in this day and age. Yeah. It was a furniture factory, apparently, that they uh, rented. That's cool. Why do I feel like I read somewhere that some scenes were, in fact, filmed in Britain, though? Like, a few scenes were filmed Uh, at a different time The only scene that was, I think, of, like, uh, the scene of Ashley Lawrence, when the recording of her talking about the box and everything, I think that's the only scene that was recorded in England. Yeah, okay. So, Joey is entering the bar. (laughs) There's, like, a fucking baby doll. Like, (laughs) yeah, what the hell? This is, like, super goth. I know, this this is very 90s goth. It's amazing. She's also, like, a foot taller than everyone else. Yeah, she she was an elite model. So, yeah, she was a model. Yeah, she started uh, She started out as a model. Uh, Terry Farrell is her name, who plays Joey. And uh, oh she my. was a model when she was, like, 16, because she was, like, six feet tall Yeah, when she was 16 years old. Yeah, best known for her Star Trek <sighs> Deep Space Nine role. I know! Yeah, she's a very, like, prominent character in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Jadzia Dax. Yep. And... As I was doing my research, I also discovered, I did not know, I'm a huge fan of Red Dwarf, that there was an American Red Dwarf, and it was like a failed pilot. Yeah, and And she she played the cat! I know! The second cat, though, because apparently the first guy that played the cat was, I don't know what happened... Because I never watched it, but yeah. then she plays the second recurrence of, like, yeah, the, cat. the cat. I know, which is, like, insane. And I was like, what the fuck? There was an American Red Dwarf? Yeah. But, like, no wonder it failed. It was just one pilot. Because the British one is just awesome. It's perfect, yeah. It's yeah. too much fun. Also, the band that's playing in the boiler room in this scene that's uh, where she's walking through is Armored Saint. Yeah, Armored Saint. Um, they're a great fucking band. Um, they were an awesome uh, 80s thrash metal band from L.A. And I'm a big Anthrax fan. And um, <gasps> John Bush was the singer of Armored Saint. And he replaced Joey Belladonna oh, for a few years. That's and cool. the John Bush years of Anthrax are obviously not the greatest. Mm. But then Joey came back afterwards. Uh, yeah, so they're playing in the scene that we just watched of them playing in the boiler room they're playing the song hanging judge but if you guys really want to watch an awesome fucking heavy metal 80s video watch the video for can you deliver by armored saint there's Ooh. like magic swords and shit and <gasps> wow that sounds amazing magic <laughs> yeah it's awesome right it's awesome <laughs> and fun fact actually in 1983 after kill em all was released 
Lars Ulrich actually asked John Bush to sing for Metallica because James Hetfield wasn't confident in his singing abilities. Really? So they were actually going to just get a singer and be a five-piece. Oh. And James was just going to play rhythm guitar. Interesting. I yeah. just want to throw my middle fingers up all over the place whenever I hear that man's name. James Hetfield? No, yeah. Lars Ulrich. Oh, you know, you know what, though? No, uh, yourself, I disagree. Lars is not the weirdo in that band. He's it's not James. weird. He's an asshole, though. James is the asshole. Well, Trust yeah. me, they dude. They all got egomania, I feel like. Kirk is cool. He's a big horror fan, actually. He's Kirk got a, is like, gorgeous. And he's got like a massive fucking collection oh, of man. horror Jesus. memorabilia. Sexy, but sexy James Hetfield, oh my god, he's a whiny little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> like, oh, he man. just, like, I, I know they're on tour right now, and, like, I just watched a video of him, like, fucking losing his oh, shit. Oh, yeah. As, I saw that, tech, yeah. And, what? like, kicked it was He kicked his acoustic guitar over. The guitar, guitar was over. in the wrong, it was in the wrong tuning, in the wrong key. So it was tuned, and so when he, and went, he, he kicked it. He got up and he started playing, and it was obviously just sounded terrible. So he was really mad, and he yelled at the guy on stage and stuff. And yeah, like in the middle of a show. What a princess! Anyways. What a fancy! Oh, princess dude, he's he a is. fucking princess. Oh, he's my. a queen, dainty lady. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> dainty lady. Oh, what a fancy girl! What are you guys drinking? I'm drinking white wine. Oof. The magic wine. Yeah, it is magic. Me it and Morgan is. discovered uh, a white wine that gives you no hangovers. Nah, mm-hmm. It's real, dude. Okay. It's bro, true. it's real. I've drinking. I've I drank a whole bottle, bro. <laughs> it's real, bro. It's real. It's real, bro. That's how real it is. I called you, bro. It's awesome. It's open. That's legit. Yes. Uh, what is it? Dry it's white? Sm- smooth white. Smooth white. Smooth white. Seriously, if you're a wine drinker and you hate hangovers, fucking drink this stuff. I drank a whole bottle one night, wasn't hungover yeah. the next day. It's amazing. Anytime. Oh, I just had a sip. That's actually really good. It's nice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good. Oh, and I am drinking uh, Crisp Apple Shock Top. Delicious. It is fucking good. And I'm pretty sure it has more alcohol than the rest. Oh, 5.2. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. It's that point two that'll get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. And I'm drinking Belgian Moon, which is the Canadian uh, version of Blue Moon. It's so good. You don't like it? No, I do like it. Is it the same brew, though? It is. Blue Moon and Belgian Moon are exactly the same, except we can't call it Blue Moon in Canada because Labatt Blue, Labatt owns all of the word blue for beer. Really? Like Gene Simmons owns the fucking dollar signs or whatever. Well, I heard Gene Simmons is trying to, what is that, copyright the horns? Yeah. The metal horns. My friend. Ronnie James Dio is spinning in his grave. Yeah. He just wants to own air. He just wants to own everything. Like, how rich must he be? Like, he's does obviously he really, not does he need any more? That's what I'm saying. How greedy can one person be? He's like the Donald Trump of fucking hair metal. Oh, he is. You're so Ooh, correct. That is great. That is perfect. Let's make Kiss great again. <laughs> I take it back. His That's hair is just as bad, too. It is. I know. Just he's a bad. goblin, man. He's a fucking he goblin. He's a goblin. Uh, whatever. <sighs> I still love Kiss and I love Paul Stanley. I'd rather him be running the country. Paul Stanley? No, I mean... Because that would be amazing. Can you imagine if he was like... Oh, my God. Oh, you're president! How's everybody running now? <laughs> politics, yeah! Yeah! Drink <laughs> some Folgers coffee! <laughs> the best uh, part of waking up is Paul Stanley in your cup! And then he fucking waves his hand and he disappears. If you guys have 
haven't seen the Paul Stanley Folgers commercial, you probably should. This can't be the first time you brought it up on the podcast. Mm. I refuse. Just in case. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in Look case. it up. Look it up. It's very important. It never aired because apparently it was too cheesy and ridiculous. But you'll see what we're talking about. You know who this broad reminds me of? This black-haired broad in the... Paula Marshall. Okay. She reminds me of... Do you remember the character in Death Becomes Her? The woman who actually has the vial and presents it to them? That gorgeous, dark-haired beauty with that accent. That's Isabella Isabella Rossellini. She dated David Lynch because she was in Blue Velvet. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The movie where you see Kyle MacLachlan's penos. That movie fucked me up. I know. I love that. I made Megan watch Blue Velvet, and it was like incredible just to see your reaction. Like you were like genuinely uncomfortable. Like I was. Yeah. It it really. I love that movie so much. Dennis Hopper is the man. No, that's the part. Why would you do that? Let's fuck. I love Dennis Hopper so so much. I was like very upset when he passed away. He's great. That scene is fucking, it's too much. I don't even really want to talk about it because like, to be perfectly honest, you guys are not the first people I'm telling. Ever since I've got back from Europe, I am genuinely afraid of the dark. And what I, did Europe I, do to you? I don't know. I don't know if it's because I slept with my best friend every night and then I got home and didn't have someone's company yeah. or what, but I am fucking afraid of the dark. I sleep with my lamp, not a, not a nightlight, my lamp, a full blown mm. lamp on. Weird. So now I'm like, let's keep it fucking PG because I got to go home at some point. I'm like, I, I'm not kidding <laughs> you. I'm terrified. Oh, is that an alien? Yeah, the uh, the pillar of soul. So JP, JP Monroe, the owner of the Boiler Room, uh, recently purchased the statue that Pinhead is in, and uh, it's called the Pillar of Souls. And at the end of part two, Dr. Chenard kills Pinhead, uh, causing him to be split into two entities. And one is his former self as Captain Elliot Spencer, mm-hmm. who is stuck in limbo, and the other as Pinhead, who is stuck in the Pillar of Souls with the box. Uh, so we're at the scene where JP sticks his hand in the hole and a rat bites him. And I believe that's another continuity error because the rat bite leaves like an impression, obviously, like gaping hole mm. in his hand. And like the next scene, apparently his hand has like no oh, yeah, scar yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything no. in it. Uh, but the blood that he flails on the statue brings part of Pinhead back to life. Just his face. Just his face. Just his head. And I was reading today about Doug Bradley stating that the most uncomfortable yeah, makeup makeup for that. Pinhead was for this movie. Because the scenes of him in the statue were so uncomfortable for him. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, imagine, like, like, you have to stand in perfectly this, like, still. Block. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, then that his would face suck. would have to have the makeup. But apparently he actually got so good at applying his own makeup that he actually ended up with his own makeup Credit. credit yeah he in used his middle movies. name yeah. bill right yeah yeah so he used his middle name for that for that credit yeah which i think is kind of cool but i don't know i think because <clears throat> i did read as well that they kind of almost simplified his makeup yes. more for this one so a lot of fans of the first two movies are kind of kind of think it doesn't look quite as good but which the is simplicity made it you how do you simplify that makeup? Do like, you know what I yeah. mean? It really is just a white face with some pins in it and yeah. the lines. But they I think it's to just like um, and, and the, even make it look different. The application was like, but if fans more are noticing, simple. like Morgan said, fans notice the change in makeup. Yeah, like, I yeah. didn't notice. I think the shade, maybe his jawbones aren't as like 
black it looks black yeah it looks more like his head just looks more round i don't know it just doesn't look as quite as defined mm-hmm. i don't know well there is a way to fuck up the makeup as we've seen in like some prototypes yeah or like the not the one we're going to talk about that's coming out but the last one that came out and it wasn't doug bradley oh my god Ooh. okay well, we're oh just gonna god. say yeah, that we gotta for stop. later we gotta stop we gotta stop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to wait until we're, like, a couple drinks in for that. I do like, however, the end of the second one, like you were saying, it ends with him splitting personalities, and then this one picks up on that. Whereas, like, a lot of movies in the early Yeah, when they, like, actually, like, uh, follow an order. Yeah. They'll just end a movie with, like, Jason dying, for example, and then start it with a shitty reason for him to come yeah. back See, and they that, ignore all of the things that happen see but that, that actually started yes. happening with the Hellraiser movies in I believe part 5 mm. that's when they started like just like ignoring what happened right. the movie before mm-hmm. and then just like created their own new thing but I think that there was a certain point though that like obviously originally Clive Barker was involved in the yes. first few movies yes. but yeah. then once he got away from that like he was probably driving the mythology behind all of these movies right yeah. because he was the one that wrote all the characters and the stories and all of the ideas that sort of go into the story but then once he sort of got away from that I'm sure it was just like well what other what weird stuff can we make Pinhead do now you know like and yeah. it, they didn't really have the continuity of of the the story and the mythology behind it they just kept making up ridiculous scenarios for, like for new movies. Things. Yeah. 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 Also, I just wanted to mention something about Terry Farrell, the woman that plays Joey. Uh, in 2001, an asteroid was named after her. Why? 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 Just because she's in Deep Space Nine, oh I'm assuming. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Some nerd like at NASA's like, she's such a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna name this asteroid after I've got her. Got nerd boner. Nerd that's so boner. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, the original script for Hellraiser 3 uh, didn't have the Barbie and CD Cenobites, and the ending was actually different. The ending was supposed to be Joey making a deal with Pinhead to be his bride in return for a successful life. I'm sorry, who was going to be whose bride? Uh, Joey, the main girl, because she's a reporter and was obviously like she's struggling in life and like isn't getting like good top stories. So um, at the end of the movie, apparently she made a deal with Pinhead to be his bride in exchange for having like a successful life in the media and all that. But then they changed it and then they included the Barbie and like CD Cenobites, which I'm very happy for because I'm sorry, I love, I love the DJ fucking Cenobites. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. It's pretty cheesy. It's, it's pretty cheesy. so funny. Oh, we're at another scene at the boiler room right now, and J.P. Monroe is fucking sharking around. Yeah. Being a creep. Yeah, he finds this, like, uh, blonde babe. I like how he just, like, points at the bartender, and, like, he's like, that girl. Yeah, that's Peter Atkins. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, man, I got this. You want to yeah. fuck her? That's right. Put something, in her, put something in her drink when she comes up. No, he doesn't have a cooler full of roses. Oh, my God. Yeah. This guy's a pimp, It's man. like the fucking Bachelor. Which <laughs> proves uh, never trust a club owner. Yeah, no <laughs> that, shit. That is basically like what you learn from this movie. Don't trust a club owner. I want to talk about this guy. Kevin, Kevin Bernhardt. Kevin Bernhardt. Okay, the guy who plays J.P. Monroe. Um, I think that his character is my favorite character in this movie. Yeah? Because he's such, like, a fucking stereotypical 
womanizer. Jabroni motherfucker. He's a fucking jabroni yeah, motherfucker, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. it just like, I own this club. I'm top shit. And the part where he, like, fucking, like, flexes his arms. And yep. she's, like, yelling at him. And he's, like, kissing his biceps. Like, <laughs> yep. And he's obviously got, it's like, fucking a, amazing. He's got, like, a bedroom at the top of the fucking club where he can fuck chicks. And, and like, like, I love that he's fucking her and smoking at the same time. I know. Like, oh, oh, like, what a jabroni, oh, man. And I wonder if he ever has a cigarette not in his mouth. Because what I was going to say, even in the club, was that he always, in every scene, has had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, um, this actress that plays the blonde bimbo or whatever, uh, didn't want her tits to be oh, shown. Oh, yes. So that's so why that he has his hands on her. He has his hands on her, like, the entire time. Yeah. But, like, I just think it's hilarious. Like, like really like, vigorously this... grabbing her boobs. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Wow. I, like... This guy is, like, such a douchebag. It's, like, he just sells it so well, though. And... Um, no, he didn't just... He's no, like, I'm, I'm coming! coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. In the Sigmata yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> well, he's actually also a screenwriter and yep. a producer mm-hmm. in L.A. right now. And um, he co-produced the newest Rambo movie. Yep, he sure did. Which was awesome. Whoa, the no part way. where fucking Rambo pulls that guy's throat out with his hands awesome he's a very major character in general hospital yep i looked up some photos and it was very uh glamorous looking and it was also in dynasty he seems to be like the king of soap opera dramas yeah in the 80s for sure definitely would you say general hospital yeah Yeah, general hospital this is a fun fact about him this is a quote Kind of from him, but he has a master's degree in economics, Hmm. and apparently he still can't figure out why either. (laughs) (laughs) He just has a master's degree in economics and just decided to become an actor. Oh, he doesn't know why. Yeah. I literally, in my brain, thought he was trying to solve for why. He doesn't know why. Like, like he's just like, like, like yeah, I have a master's degree. I don't know in economics. why. Yeah, I X thought he was trying to solve for why. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually have an interesting tidbit of information about Kevin Bernhard as well. He was married to Apollonia for 10 years. Apollonia Ooh. is Prince's protege and also Fuck the yeah, girl man. that was in Purple Rain, the yeah. like, lead actress. Does she have That's like, awesome. another name or just one name like Madonna? It's Apollonia and then I don't know her. I don't remember her last name. But... What a great name. Yeah. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Uh, you know what? I was actually just like watching the other day Prince's performance at the Super Bowl. Have you ever seen that? Um, he actually is it the one where he has the shadow played... of the guitar and it's like his no. erect penis? Uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but... At the Super Bowl? When he played the Super Bowl and it was raining, and it was, like, incredible. And he played Purple Rain in the rain? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, what? it's not, is that not the... <gasps> Bitch is gonna die. Is that not the performance where he was standing at the beginning in front of a white screen, and there was, like, a shadow, and the yeah. way he's holding his guitar, it looks like a dick. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's... Of course, you would assume that. Yeah, no, yeah that's exactly. No, that's, exactly that's, 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 that's a very great performance. Okay, so we're at the part where the bimbo is being killed by oh, Pinhead, yeah, and she gets skinned. skinned. Oh. So this part where she actually just gets skinned by Pinhead in the statue, that Clive Barker was responsible for. Yeah. Also, that is some Holy. terrible CGI right there. Yeah. Of course he would be responsible 90s CGI was pretty awful. That's a shame. Yeah, that is quite a gory scene. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't lie, when that scene just happened and you saw the close-ups of his makeup, you could see, like, his 
skin tone kind of underneath. I don't know. The application just didn't look right. Yeah, it they rushed it. It seemed like they did rush it. Yeah. Well, it's not supposed to be like his face, right? It's still supposed to be the same color as the rest of the post, right? Yeah. Right? So there was, yeah, so there was some, like, flesh color underneath. They probably, yeah. like, disregarded touch-ups. Also, okay, this part where he says Jesus Christ, and he says not, not quite. quite. Didn't your band, Kitty, you guys use yeah. that in an intro one time? We did, actually. The very first... I totally fucking yeah, remember that. The very first intro that we ever had, the first couple Hellraiser movies, and this one as well, like, we watched a lot, but the very first intro that we ever created for, like, going out on stage or whatever, we're like, we need a good intro after we went out with... Slipknot, and they had like this crazy intro with clips from Gummo and stuff. We're like, we need something cool like that. So we went into the studio. It's all Hellraiser stuff. So we did the Jesus Christ, not quite. And we had the, um, we have such sides to show. I totally remember that. I remember like, like, over and over again with like screams and weird music. I remember when you guys like finally like put put it together. Your dad used to like blast it in the house like randomly. (laughs) Like I would just come over and be like, hey, he asked me to check this out. Hit play and it's just like, Jesus Christ, not quite. (laughs) Like it was insane. It was awesome. That's fun. I wish I had a copy of that actually. I, I honestly don't think I do. Oh my. JP's shooting at Pinhead and then he spits the bullets out. Oh, so cheesy. Oh, I don't like I love that, that, like, you see, like, when he spits his the bullet. Lips. I know. Like, when he spits the bullets out. Like, I wish they put more paint on, like, the inside <gasps> of his mouth. Oh, my. Yeah, and his fucking, like, jabroni underwear what here. Oh, he's sad. This guy is such a fucking douchebag. It's awesome. He's just sad because he took his girlfriend away and skinned her. His Ab- girlfriend. Absorbed, <laughs> absorbed her into his pillar of souls. Well, um, Tony Randall, one of the uh, two writers, was actually supposed to direct this movie, but uh, Miramax didn't think that he had enough experience, so they actually asked Peter Jackson to I, direct yeah, this movie. I saw that, too. That's so um, interesting. That would have made it completely different. I think about this often. Mm-hmm. A movie, a screenplay is written. Mm-hmm. The movie is written, everything, storyboards are made. A director comes in. How would the director, I mean, I get what a director does, I'm not a fucking idiot, but how would Peter Jackson, <laughs> defending myself to the internet, I know what a director does, <laughs> but like, the screenplay's already written, so how much different could it have been, though? Do you know what I mean? Because in the screenplay it says, enters from left, and, you know. They can make changes, though. Like, it all depends on, like, the view, I guess, of, yeah. like, what they want the movie to look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood is weird, like, how if they see the types of movies that a director has done before, like, they're going to expect that from them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, quite obvious that Peter Jackson, multi-talented, like, he did Dead Alive. Right. And he also did all the Lord of the Rings, like, super funny and gory, super fucking serious, and, like, one of the, like, highest grossing movies ever. Yeah. So... But I think a lot of times they would hire people on based on the merits of other movies and how successful they were beforehand, right? Yeah. So obviously Peter Jackson at the time and this was, was known for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so. exactly. So I mean, maybe they were like, "Well, this guy can do gore," but most of the movies that he did at this time were pretty cheesy. Uh, they're funny, silly, right? Yeah, yeah. Silly, yeah. Hellraiser so, was kind of a serious. Yeah, yeah. Serious. So well, maybe that's why Clive Barker kind of put the put the kibosh on that. Though, well, because... even actually, Peter Jackson couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when Anthony Hickox got the job, Clive Barker actually wasn't happy about it because he also has a history of making like horror comedies. Yeah, and mm-hmm, he wanted yeah. it to be serious, like the first two. So Clive Barker uh, initially declined an offer to be the executive producer, but then he came in. 
afterwards when they were finished shooting and um, he fixed some things and he added some things. Like, so he added the Joey's bondage scene when she's tied up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the CGI when uh, Lee's character, like, was skinned that yeah. we just saw and some gore in the nightclub massacre scene. Mm-hmm. So after that happened, they were able to put, like, that stamp that, like, Clive Barker presents, like, Hellraiser right. 3. Yeah. Because, because then like a huge name. Selling point. Yeah. If Absolutely. his name is on it. And then, like, at the time, he was actually suffering a little bit because uh, Nightbreed had just oh, yeah. been released. And Nightbreed, oh, that was like, such those a fucking, fucking, I think idiot. it was, was it Morgan's Luke. Creek or whatever that, like, released Nightbreed? Oh. They completely fucked up the It wasn't Morgan's Creek. That. It was, it was, it was um, Fox. Film it was Fox. They Fox. fucked up oh, Fox. the release of Nightbreed so badly, which, like, caused the decline oh, in, like, film the, features, that's what it did. Uh, yeah, like, in the box office sales, because, like, yeah. just because you did Hellraiser, they just assumed that it was going to be another horror movie, and they marketed it like a fucking woman in danger yeah. um, and doesn't know what her boy boyfriend's hiding and blah 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 but it's not about that at all it's actually kind of like a drama when you think about it so when Nightbreed was released and then Hellraiser 3 was released like kind of like near the same time like afterward Clive Barker like was just like that's when he started like distancing himself like yeah. away because Cabal like, is like the best oh I love that book the best book of all time I love that book that's my favorite so much. Clive Barker book but that's yeah. what Nightbreed was based on yeah and so like they took this great book and made a great film. I it's love Nightbreed. Yeah, but they misrepresented what the movie was. But, they, that's right. from what I read, that's right. Uh, it, they, they said, said it's a slasher. Yeah, they were like, it's a slasher yeah, no, movie, it's and it's not. It's Although a, it, it opens with a slasher because the doctor yeah. who wears the mask with the yeah. sideways, but smile, the way that they he's like a slasher. Yeah, the way that a they. Slasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They promoted it. That it mm. was like a I actually, I have one of the original like posters from when they were advertising Isn't it, it oversized it's Isn't like it oversized? and the it's slogan is like ridiculous yeah like it. it's yes. like laurie's in trouble she doesn't know what's going on with her boyfriend and it's like it has Ugh. nothing to do with that yeah. like at all and so as a result it underperformed at the box office then and it caused film futures to actually go out of business mm-hmm. so then obviously that of course he's gonna want to kind of be distance himself from certain things yeah. that he's Well, because, like, Nightbreed to. was released in 1990, and then Hellraiser 3 was released in 1992, so they figured from, like, the, like, low reception that they got from Nightbreed that, like, Hellraiser 3 wasn't going to do so well. But it's actually one of, like, the, like, second uh, highest box office, like, yeah. releases, like, out of the Hellraiser series. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because the, the early 90s was, like, the start of the multiple... Like sequels yeah. and shit. Right? So people yeah. were like, oh, a third one? This one's going to be great. Yeah. And this, it is. This movie, though, it seemed like there was a lot of, like, original development, like, and rights production issues with it. The original company went out of business, and then when New World's, you know, bankruptcy troubles happened, like, it went into development hell, apparently. Like, former New World executives uh, established Transatlantic Pictures, and then the rights were transferred to them. So it was supposed to be released at a different time, and then it it didn't end up being released. And I don't know, it just sounds like pre-production and post-production, it was, like, a really shitty experience. It was, like, a nightmare. Yeah, like, the studio wanted a cheap and nasty film, apparently, yeah. quote-unquote. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, they yeah, just I wanted to that. pump it out. Well, I think that they also matter. got, like, slaughtered by the MPAA as well. Like, yeah. there was, like, multiple cuts of this movie as well. Oh, Even the poster I read... Like the original Hellraiser yeah. poster had like the photo of the the original one was sheet like was Pinhead. a side profile of Pinhead like with his mouth open like screaming on a background, and the MPAA were like, 
this is too graphic graphic and terrifying so change it and then they actually ended up taking the original one sheet photo from the first movie and superimposing it onto a new background and then how is that even it's exactly the same poster and so then the mpaa were like they basically did it because they couldn't say anything because they were like well this one already went out for the first movie so obviously it flew that time it has to go this way yeah. It just seems really weird, though. Like, Pinhead's not... He's not scary. Some people are terrified. The 90s. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> me. Okay, so we're at the scene where JP is, like, trying to lure Terry. And she's all like, I don't know. I love my hoop belt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the other day, me and Morgan, we went thrifting, and I was like, that would be amazing to find one of those, like, giant, like, loop belts from the 90s. Like, like that? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, those were huge in the 90s. Yeah. Literally huge. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big. Look at that background, eh? I know, eh? <laughs> A fucking green screen yeah. terribleness. For- I thought it was interesting because apparently, um, I watched an interview with Anthony Hickox, and apparently his father... Douglas Hickok yeah. was also and his, a director. And his brother was an editor. Oh, or no. okay. I didn't know about his brother, but his, I knew... His mom was an editor. That's cool. So it's like a movie family. Yes. But yeah, his father directed Theater of Blood with Vincent Price uh, and Diana Rigg, who actually is That's Lady Olina on That movie Game has so much funk in it. It's great. <laughs> oh, funk. Yeah. Yeah, man. Funk Muzak. Muz- yeah. Muzak. So yeah, he worked with Vincent Price and his father also directed Blackout. Do you know that movie? I do not. Uh, you would know the cover. It's just like, uh, it's like, a, I think a TV horror movie with a guy in a leather daddy mask. Like I'm a gonna mask. look it up. You've seen it before. You would know it. It's yeah. from 1985? Oh, of yeah. course I remember that yeah. fucking gimp mask. I know, exactly. So yeah, he directed Blackout as well. So okay, I yeah. have to add that to oh, my list of movies to watch. That looks amazing. And this is, and his mom edited she was she won an award for editing um lawrence of arabia oh wow so that their family phenomenal movie his family is like crazy talented super ingrained in the in old hollywood she also edited the elephant man oh that's a good good movie yeah Yeah. it's like the only normal david lynch movie well Mm, i mean like normal for him i messaged you and asked you about it because i read it and i wanted some background it's I know, so it's so Why sad. Yeah. And they fuck Why are them? these two crying? Well, she's all like, uh-huh, I'm sad. And he's like, just come over here and feed my statue. Yeah. I always like when I see that, that actress, Paula Marshall, I just think of Seinfeld. It's like all I can think about. Don't get, no. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. You dumb idiot. Oh my God, look at her, her shoes. Outfit. I know. Uh-oh. Yeah, she kind of, like, at the beginning of the movie, like, started out, like, looking kind of goth. Yeah, but now she's And now she's, like, a weird hippie. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you, hippie. Well, apparently, actually, for for the scenes in the nightclub, the casting call actually asked for people to dress in 60s and 70s clothing. Really? Yeah. That's odd. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like her knee's right there. She could have clobbered him right in the fucking... Awesome but this power. part's great the though, mommy and daddy because she grabs the brass knuckles, punches them out like a sucker. Where'd she have those? In her pocket. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, those will get you. Oh yeah, he doesn't look very comfortable standing in there. Yeah, that definitely looks like it would suck. Yeah, some of the 
shooting days apparently were like 17 hours long for Doug Bradley because they wanted to to shoot in such a short amount of time. So yeah. I can understand why it was so uncomfortable. I like, think they that's had a like a long day. What did I read? Like six weeks? Yeah. A six week shoot or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. And and Anthony Hickox, I guess his style is just kind of a little bit different than what a lot of the other productions were like and, and what some of the actors that were in the other movies were used to. So a lot of work. Pretty, pretty long. I always thought that she was really pretty, though, when I was watching this movie, like when I was younger. Paula oh, yeah. Marshall. Her lips are great. Yeah. I love her, just like the black hair. Well, I think it's time to talk about Doug Bradley. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, fun fact. He is one of only six actors who have played the same horror character at least six consecutive times. The other actors involved in this list are Robert Englund playing Freddy in, like, Mm -hmm. every fucking movie. Christopher Lee playing Dracula. Warwick Davis playing... (laughs) The Leprechaun. In space. We should fucking do Leprechaun oh in space. God. That's a great... Or, like, In the Hood great is movie. pretty fucking funny. They're good. Yeah. Uh, Brad Dourif, who voices Chucky. Yeah. And Tobin Bell, that old man that does uh, Saw... What's yeah, his name? Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Oh Jigsaw. my god, I love those movies right. too. So, yeah. yeah um, out of all horror movies like ever made, that's pretty crazy that there's only six oh. actors who actually have played the same role in like six consecutive films. Yeah, and have made it iconic, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, because she's... it's generally the actors who bail out after a while. It's generally... It's not like the directors who want different actors. It's generally the mm. actors who are like, I don't want to I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. Yeah. But I mean... So good for them for sticking with it. For yeah. some of these guys, though, it's like, you know what? Like, Doug Bradley's face, like, it has a certain characteristic to it that's super creepy. Like, if you're, like, a mask guy, like, you're playing Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, you could put a yeah, mask on anybody. Yeah, you could put a mask on anybody. Yeah. But those... Yeah. Like, his face and, like, Freddy Krueger, Robert England. Like, those are iconic faces, and if you put that same makeup on a different actor, it's not the same. Which is what we will discuss when we talk about the sequels. When it gets really mad. I know. Then we're going to get real. Doug Bradley has also done, obviously, me and Morgan know this, narration voiceovers for For many of Cradle of Phil's songs. (laughs) How do they get him to do that? They're friends. They're they're both from, like, the UK. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so they're buddies. And um, he also voices the Sith Emperor for a Star Wars game. That's cool. Um, the Old Republic game. Um, so Doug Bradley also wrote a book called uh, Sacred Masks, Behind the Mask of the Horror Actor. Which is super cool. I haven't read it, but I would love to read it. Um, he is a known atheist. Yay. I will applaud heel, that. Heel, heel. Uh, him and Clive Barker went to high school together. Isn't that interesting? Adorable. And uh, Pinhead was his first role in a feature-length film, because before Hellraiser, he had only been acting in a couple shorts. He also plays, obviously, Dirk, the leader in Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is amazing. I fucking love Nightbreed so much. And he was also in one of the direct-to-video Pumpkinhead movies. Ashes um, to Ashes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. One day I will watch them. 
one day I will sit down and watch like the direct video like, uh, pumpkin head pumpkin head fest yeah because like I even like the second one like blood I wings like the second one a yeah lot. like I like it a lot it has a lot of like horror like notable actors in it but uh, the third and fourth one were like direct video like fucking sci-fi yeah sci-fi movie kind of yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so and he was also in uh, Wrong Turn 5 no way. I think I watched it I can't mm, remember I never did to no. be honest all the wrong turn movies like all the sequels like generally just kind of like feel like the same yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the first one, one the same movie i do love the first wrong turn though i do love the first one. Oh. The first one is awesome. I think the first and second one are both great. I don't even remember, oh, honestly, like the I second like one at, at all. But I love the first wrong turn. Like, I love the gore in that movie. But uh, something which is amazing about Doug Bradley recently, he played Pinhead again for the Mad Monster Party which in is Arizona. Super, that super just happened awesome, yes. a couple months ago. Um, it's pretty fucking cool. So a team of special effects artists, like led by Tom Savini, your boyfriend, <laughs> Megan, and they put the makeup on him That's and everything fun. and it was like a haunted house like ride like so you don't like you pay for the experience and it's not just the photo op but you like go into it was like, like set the pinhead experience yeah and the one day creepy. i think it was like a three-day festival like expo thing and like the saturday tickets like sold out in like one day yeah no shit and so basically like you go into this like it's kind of like set up like a like a haunted house and like he comes out at you like dressed as pinhead like that would be fucking oh, so unreal. Scary. Like How that would, would be you, like, so fucking cool. Stop yourself from just talking to him. I would just be like, ah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that is so fucking cool that he did that. Um, and he actually also said that he would do it again. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, because yeah, I heard He had that, so much fun. I heard that, that he was like, this, this is going to be the last time you'll ever see me in this pinhead makeup. But then he... Had so much fun that he was like, fuck it, oh, I'll do it again. Him. That would be awesome to fucking experience that. That would be so cool. Like, the fact that he just even, like, volunteered for something like that is just, like, so lovable. No. Like, because they have those, like, Halloween Horror Nights in L.A., and they had, like, a Friday 13th one. There was, like, a Halloween one. Last year, I think, was, like, American Horror Story or something. Like, I'm not even mm-hmm. sure. But, like, the fact that the original Pinhead took part in it That's is really just, cool. like, it's... It's so adorable. And the, the fact that he wanted to go above and beyond for the fans of the movie as well, because it's like, oh, you could just, like, take your picture with him, like, just, like, sitting there in his t-shirt. Yeah. Or, like, boring. Or, like, him dressed up in the makeup, like, boring. It's like, I want to give you a fucking creepy-ass experience that you're never going to forget. And that's really interesting, because I've heard from um, friends of ours, all three of us, um, that he is... Not a nice man, and fuck mm. him. Who, Doug Bradley? Yeah. I met him. I thought he was really nice. Well, I think because, I think um, his fees right. for convention, his convention fees really? are astronomical. When I met him, I met him at Fan Expo, and, like, I think it was only, like, 40 bucks to get, like, really? an autograph and a picture. That's, like, super And, like, reasonable. his girlfriend, a smoking hot girlfriend, who was, like, my age. Like, a third of his age. I know! She's so gorgeous like so she's like my age or maybe a couple years older like good for him yeah yeah no i met him and he was he was I'm super happy nice to hear that i'm really happy to hear yeah that. i was very happy to to meet him he was a very lovely man i was just like i love you and he was like oh thank you very much like, <laughs> very in british, his proper british you know, accent very british going to go have some tea and crumpets ah yes mm, crumpets mm. so delicious <laughs> sorry 
I do not care for crumpets. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love them. No. <laughs> You're like, I disown you as my wow. friend. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's talk about Clive Barker. Yeah, let's talk. All right, so Clive Barker, very respectable man in the history of horror. Mm-hmm. I have one of the, the icons, books. for sure. Cabal is definitely one of my favorite books. Um, the Books of Blood, yeah. incredible. The Hellbound Heart, which is what uh, Hal Razor is based on. Um, his most recent book, The Scarlet Gospels, was awesome. Yeah. Um, I lent it to Morgan. That book is I really fucked. liked it. Like, if they made a movie based off the Scarlet Gospels, it would definitely get, like, an X rating. It's fucked. Well, it's I think pretty, they were, they it was pretty were... graphic. Oh, oh, I'm very it's excited It's awesome. It's so good. If you guys haven't read it and you're a fan of Clive Barker or, like, horror novels, fucking read the Scarlet Gospels. The Even, like, the first chapter was, like, fucking monsters with giant boners and, like, having to yeah. suck them off. It was crazy. But, like, all the scenes that that, like took place in hell uh, would be incredible to see in a movie that that book was fucking awesome yeah he he's very good at at describing like when once you've if you've seen the movies and then you go and read the book after the fact you like you you like understand what they're trying to do but there's no way that any movie could ever capture of course. the way that it's described and yeah. I, I don't know it gives you a, a bit of a new appreciation for for he's such a good series. author yeah. like his um just the way that he describes experiences and characters it's it's so raw yeah. and like it's like imagine like your worst nightmare like that's what he can write I'm a huge fan, and I fucking lost it when I was living with you, and I'm very upset, but I'm a huge, I, uh, oh my, I have a extensive collection of children's books, and, um, he wrote The Thief of Always, which, Yeah, I haven't read that one. What? I know. If I still fucking had it, I would lend it to you. So anyways, it is one of the best children's, um, graphic novels that I've ever read. It's so fucking interesting and creepy, but, like, still kid-friendly, but anyways, they're supposedly making that into a feature film of some Ooh, sort. Are you talking about these other um, children's, like, kind of, like, teen-oriented oh, no, this books? Is... Like, is it Aberat or something? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, this is, yeah, this Aberat... is completely different. Oh, okay, because, yeah. sorry, he also wrote Aberat, which is another, like, story primarily focused towards, like, the young adults. Yeah. But I never read that one. One day, I'll read a Magica. It's, like, <laughs> fucking 2,000 oh, fucking so pages. Decent. One day, I'll read it. I'm a huge fan of the uh, the comic books, like, Tapping the Vein. Oh. I have uh, Tapping the Vein, the comic book. Um, but you know what I actually never knew? I did not know that he wrote the story, um, which is, like, what Candyman is based on. Yeah. yeah. I, I never knew that. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but, like, I was never a huge Candyman fuck fan. Fuck no. No. Fact, I don't know. But now that you I, know I just, that, like, I, can't you see how the character would be something Clive Barker would come up with? Like, yeah. a man, a body full of beads with a hook for a hand? Mm, yeah. Like, come on. That's such, like, a... I, I just, like, I don't know why, when I was a kid, when Candyman, like, first came out... And it was the nostalgic, like, Bloody Mary, like, if you look in the mirror, yeah, like, yeah. blah, 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 and say the name over and over. Um, that part, what resonated with me as a child, but, like, when I actually watched Candyman, I was like, this is kind of more like a, just like a thriller. It's not really like a horror movie. I yeah. never, but, like, I never I do really appreciate liked the, movie. the story. It's a great story. But I just, like, never got into it. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I do love Tony Todd, though. 
Yeah. He is a giant. Yeah. But Clive Barker is also a painter. And I went to a gallery oh that had his uh, art, and it was it was cool. But like, I'm was not, it like, his uh... erotic art or his horror? No, art? No, it was just the horror it? art. But oh, like, boy. I've heard that like his erotic stuff is just pictures of dicks. It is. <laughs> it is. Pretty much. <laughs> it's beautiful. beautiful. Big beautiful dicks. Big beautiful, beautiful penises. Dicks. All right, so we're at the scene, the massacre at the nightclub. Oh, oh here the comes the guy. DJ. Yeah. The CD guy. He's like the fuck. I know all these compact discs. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, they're making kind of pseudo centibites and he's just laughing and laughing away. Um, well, Clive Barker was definitely responsible for most of the gore in this scene. <laughs> I love all the chains coming out of things, yeah. like the pool. The guy's face getting pulled, pool table. And necks getting opened up, and yeah. chains going through people. And he's just standing there I know, I love away. that he's just standing there like laughing at their demise. Like He's like, fuck all you people, I'm Pinhead. That's perfect. What of it? <laughs> So this is a very interesting uh, tidbit about Clive Barker. When he was three years old, he witnessed the death of the skydiver. Oh my Ooh. god! Really? Did you read that? No. Maybe I didn't see that did, like, have you yeah, read any so, anecdotes about him mentioning that yes. it messed his brain up? Well, okay. So he witnessed the death of the skydiver. He was. It was during a performance at an air show oh, in no. Liverpool, and he actually has alluded to him in many of his stories. Interesting. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Pretty fucking crazy thing oh. for a three-year-old to, to, to witness. Some more information about Clive. Uh, before he did Hellraiser, um, he wrote a couple movies. So he wrote a movie called um, Underworld. Obviously not like the vampire yeah. Underworld, but he has another name called uh, Transmutations. And Rawhead Rex, which I never fucking knew that Clive Barker wrote. And it's one of those movies that it's like on my radar. It's on my list of movies to watch. I always thought it was Australian, but it's not. It's um, uh, Yeah, it's weird. It's Irish. That's a, it's a creature feature. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. this like monster yeah, in yeah. like the desert or something. I didn't something. know he wrote that either. Yeah, I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, I've never seen it. But both uh, Transmutations and Rawhead Rex uh, were both directed by George Pavlou, um, but Clive wasn't happy with the way that his stories were directed, uh, which happens a lot, and so that's why he decided to direct Hellraiser himself, because he wanted mm -hmm. it to be the way that he wanted it, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, we've done a few episodes where, like, a lot of, like, directors have, like, had past experiences with just writing yeah. and having a director direct their stories and they end up like not being happy with mm -hmm. it. And I'm very glad that he decided to obviously direct Hellraiser because, because it's a masterpiece. Amazing. Just the scene of Frank coming out of oh the my floorboards. God. Oh, oh, Everything about it. For me in so Hellraiser good. 2 when what's her name is being recreated from the mattress with the blood stain. Yeah. It's the exact that same only in reverse. It's amazing. Yeah, but it's I feel like the scene. special effects, though, with the Frank coming out of the floorboards. Oh, I'm almost like, I have no idea oh my how God. it happened, and you ah, mentioned. I watched it. So they did it. It's it's in reverse. They took mm -hmm. it apart, mm -hmm. right? And then and then played it backwards or whatever. But Even just like, just like the spine happen, attaching to, to the, the brain. brain and it's like, it looks crazy. And like the ants and everything like crawling on the brain. And then like the tendons and the nerves like joining oh, yeah. together. Like I love anatomy. I'm like an anatomy student. And like watching that scene just like melts my heart. It's so fucking good. And it's, it's so slimy and just like everything is like, movie. Just, like jiggling. And, it is like, the best part of the movie intense. but an underrated part of that movie is the creepy guy with the bugs in his hair. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. The bomb? Yeah. The bomb? And he yeah. reaches into the fucking cricket. Fuck that yeah. bomb, And he's man. crunching on the crickets. And, and they're all crunching in, in that fucking pet store, and that fucking bomb came in there eating my crickets. Oh, get yeah. the fuck out of here, <laughs> But yeah, um, oh, that scene, though, where the Uncle Frank coming out of the floorboards, though, like being revived by the blood, I'm in love with the special effects of that scene. Like, it's just phenomenal fucking work. Love it. And him without any skin, it's like... Oh my god, I know. Oh, like, Come. sopping blood through Come his white shirt. He's like, I want to touch you. No, oh no. And he's like, yeah, grabbing her tit and with his greasy ass fucking oh, Bloody hand. fingers. Like, Ugh. skinless fingers. Yeah. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. <laughs> I always love the part in Hellraiser when Claire Higgins is, like, trying to have sex with her husband. And then Frank is just standing over the bed. Like, skin fucking cutting the rat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, Get out of man. here, bro. I'm trying to fuck. I know. Like, he's, like, standing over my bed, like, cutting a rat in half. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so funny. I know. Yeah. Uh, but another Christ. movie that I love that Clive Barker wrote and directed was Lord of Illusions. No. Oh. Stop. That movie's so that fucking That movie fucked good. me up when I was a kid. I watched that movie when it was, like, first released. And the part where, like, the mask, like, and drills it... into his skull. Oh, I don't think I I've seen like, Lord of Illusions. What? No. You must. You must. Oh, my God. You what? You've never seen Lord of Illusions? You would no. laugh. So. Dude, that movie is awesome. When he, the scene where he fakes his oh, death and the fuck. swords start, like, falling into his body. When I was a child... Gave me nightmares, and then when they sink into the sand, and then the sand yes, compresses yeah. their ribs, and they suffocate to death. Dude, oh, that sounds pretty awesome. I can't believe you've never fucking no. seen Lore of Illusion. It will fuck it you up so even today. Awesome. Even today, it's it awesome. Fuck I, that's so what I, fucking good. That's what I like. Especially to hear. like, There's yeah, like, like mild like, pedophilia, but like in a way that you don't really know. Like he marries a thirteen-year-old, oh, but well, like, that's no, but like it. You understand the character mm-hmm. better through that? Oh, no, it's really... Bleh. It's awesome. It's so fucking good. And uh, Scott Bakula. Is he in it? No, he's not. <laughs> really? Yeah. His name is Bakula? You don't know who Scott Bakula is? His, Quantum Leap? His literal last name is Bakula. Bakula. Yeah. You're fucking with me, right? Like it's Dracula, but bad. Oh, my God! I'm so... Quantum <laughs> Leap? You say you don't know Quantum... Okay. Quantum Leap was like... I love you, Megan, but you make me feel old. <laughs> Is it a show? It sounds funny. Megan doesn't know what Quantum Leap is. Caught her on the internet. It sounds funny. What is it? It's it's a show where (laughs) Scott Bakula's character is, is he like a particle physicist or something? I don't know. There's like some sort of a program that they end up doing. So he ends up leaping his like soul, I guess, into other people's bodies to change the course of history. Oh, cool. So yeah, he leaps into different bodies. I still can't get over the fact that you don't know what Quantum Leap is. Never heard Dude, of it. Dude, I grew up watching Never. Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah, it's so great. He, subatomic physicist. Don't particle physicist. Yeah. Yeah. Lying to me or not. Oh my an owl was like the hologram. Yeah, I actually I watched well. I, I watched the first episode recently and the it's first so episode cheesy. sucks. But then it gets better. It is. It's a it's a fun oh show. My fucking God. It's one of those nostalgic shows that I used to watch like along with like Star Trek the Next Generation. Megan, I'm gonna buy you the Quantum Leap like box set. <gasps> it's so good. I love it. Okay. That's amazing. I can't believe you've never fucking seen Quantum Leap. No, never doesn't even sound remotely familiar. Alright, back to Clive Barker. Right. Clive Barker 
I'm sure you remember, um, had his own toy line, the yeah. Tortured Souls. I had a couple of them. The one, the best one, I think, was, like, the guy that was, like, hanging by hooks and had, like, a different, like, fetus in his, like, hollow stomach or something. Mm. That guy was really cool. But apparently, the Tortured Souls were based on a novelette, and apparently, um, he was actually supposed to direct the film based on the characters and the novelette. Um, but there's, excuse me, there's nothing on IMDb. But it says, to be announced on Wikipedia. Interesting. So I'm not sure if that's still happening. But last year, he announced that he was going to be writing the remake of Hellraiser. Yeah, we saw that, yeah. So I actually, like, I remember when he announced this and everybody was like, holy shit, Clive Barker is going to remake his own movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, this is going to be amazing. But then some directors were added to the project, Mm. but then they left and then in 2013, he said he made a deal with Bob Weinstein and uh, would push for more practical effects, less CGI, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have Doug Bradley play Pinhead. But then as of this year, Clive stated that it hasn't moved forward as of yet. He said the script was sent to Dimensions years ago, but then nothing was ever spoken ever since until now. And then now, all of a sudden, this new Hellraiser judgment, like, surfaced. Oh. So, I feel like uh, Dimensions kind of, like, went behind his back. Yeah, like, fucked him. Yeah. Yeah. But get this, though. Before we get into the Hellraiser sequels, on IMDb, there is still a credit for the Clive Barker Hellraiser. And uh, the premise takes place 27 years after the original, and Kirstie returns home for a funeral and her daughter is the one being haunted by creatures and she is the one who is given the box so okay. that's on imdb it's uh still very vague the camera fucking centibite i can't even oh my god the fucking the cameraman centibite how this camera is his eyeball oh my. he's like a weird fucked up board. um also yeah. i like how the actor who played the cameraman is obviously not like a fit muscle man so when they like put him in all this pvc and <laughs> like his like fat bulges are like coming out of like his outfit like that's kind of cheesy yeah he's like some crazy cyber goth guy yeah but i all love that his like in. fat is like bulging out of like his like the pvc tape oh fuck it's yeah, it is. I feel like the but... costumes themselves look cheap. They don't look good. Like, even uh, Pinhead's costume, yeah, like, looks, the rips and stuff, different. it looks cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, even the Cenobites, well, especially the Cenobites in the second one. I love the Cenobites in the yeah. second one, where they're actually in hell or whatever. Yeah. Those costumes are fucking bang on. This CD guy is just cheap. Oh my god, I love the DJ. And the bartender, too. Like, he's got his, like, Molotov cocktail thing, yeah. and he just, like, blows it out of his mouth. I used to have all the Hellraiser, like, action figures, mm-hmm. um, but they just, like, collected a lot of dust, so I saw yeah. them. <laughs> oh, here he is, the bartender. He looks like a baby. Barbie. I like how he just comes out of the he brick wall. He does look like a baby, like a big, weird... That barbed wire looks so fake. Bad. So yeah. plastic. Apparently there's a scene here um, when Joey is running away from the Cenobites and there's like two pedestrians just like walking on the sidewalk like, oh, and like nothing, not even noticing that they're going like shooting on. a movie. Yep. No big deal. Just two, three fucking demons from hell. Oh good. The cops are here. Phew. <laughs> yeah. I can always rely on the yeah. police. 
But anyways, I feel like that's, um, if that is in fact true, what you're talking about, Yaz, why would you choose a new Hellraiser instead of picking up Clive Barker? Yeah. Like, are you fucking stupid? Especially, like, a really bad, super cheap one. Right? Like, to, to have Clive Barker's name attached and have him want to direct a brand new, like, reimagining yeah. would be, that would be a hundredfold times better than whatever garbage they put out for $200,000. Let's yeah, be honest. It's going to be their own fucking... Yeah. Their old... Their Rue the day! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the other Hellraiser movies. Okay. okay. The first Hellraiser was released in 1987. We've uh, discussed a little bit about it, like, mm-hmm. already, with the, um, the scene of Uncle Frank coming out of the floorboards and everything. Yeah, he's um, pretty hot. Yeah. Especially when he has no skin on. Yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 65%, which, which I think is absurd. I do not agree with that. That is absurd. I think the that first Hellraiser movie is like a fucking masterpiece. It's, it's kind of flawless. Been, it should have been in the 80s flawless. at least. Like, I get that Like some people are like, oh, it's like... Oh, like cheesy horror movie. They think that that's what it it's is. Not. It's, it's not. It's not cheesy at it's all. It's the most serious. Of I know. All of the movies. I know a few people that are that were like, okay, the scene after like uh, Frank comes out of the floorboards and like the scene with him like crawling towards Julia, yeah. like scared Blurred. the fuck Blurred. out of people yeah. back then, man. Mm-hmm. And I love the part where after she like kills her first victim and mm-hmm. she's in the bathroom and like he's just like, "You want a cookie, little girl?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You want a cookie, little girl? Mm. I love that scene so much. But yeah, obviously the first one is phenomenal. Hellraiser two, Hellbound so came good. out a it's year good later. Mm-hmm. IMDb gave it a six point five. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a forty eight percent. Suck my dick. What? Like, I don't understand why such low... The second one is awesome. The first and second ones are great. They're very good. I love that the second one, like, has many scenes in hell. That's what I mean. That's why I like the second Mm. one so much. It's more of, like, a fantasy horror. You know what I mean? Um, A lot of horror movies don't, like, delve, like, into the fantasy genre. You know what I mean? Like, like, sub-world levels. You know, like, different, like, parallels. And they even Mm. go into, like, Uncle Frank's... Woo! Uncle Frank's hell, where it's just like writhing women. Yes. yes, and like under the sheet, and it's like bloody. to torture him. Yeah, I love, I love that so much. Yeah. And like Doctor Shenard, the character oh, of Doctor Shenard is amazing because yeah. he's like obsessed with the history, and then he finally like becomes like a Cenobite. Okay, so we're at the scene where uh, Pinhead is um, at the church. So a fun fact about this, like, it's like the black mass scene um, caused controversy Hmm. in the city because, like, this was filmed in North Carolina. And a lot of people protested, actually, against this movie because, especially of the scene of Pinhead in the church, he was actually refused permission to shoot in a real church. So um, he used a painting of the background of the altar, mm-hmm. yeah. like, for this scene. But, you know, okay, I want to say, okay, Hellraiser 3 is, like, cheesy. It's not, like, serious, like, 1 and 2 or anything. But I do appreciate um, cheesy horror movies. But when it comes to Hellraiser 3, I love this scene. Yeah. The scene of him in the church is it's as fantastic. serious as you're going to fucking yeah. get. Um, it's so sacrilegious. Yeah. And he's which like I admire. Giving him the, the body, body of, of Christ. Christ. And it's yeah. so Ugh. fucking awesome. It's the best scene in the whole fucking movie. I love it so much. But yeah, so back to the sequels. All right. So what do you guys think of Hellraiser 4 Bloodline? Oh, I wanted more. It was okay. It was okay, but I wanted 
I wanted more. Like, you expect, like, when they get into, like, the wares and the hows and the... And to the deeper more. story, yeah. I that just was, wanted more. That was the last like, one that I watched. Okay. Like, I didn't get any farther than, than four. Uh, the last time that I saw number four was probably, like, 15 or so years ago. But I do remember liking it, and that's the one where they kind of get into more of the backstory. Yeah, there's, like, a, um... It's like a reporter, right? Like a like a a cop, like mm. a detective. No, you're thinking of uh, the fifth one. That's yeah. Inferno. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. I'm so I'm gonna that. get into it. I I love the fourth one, Bloodline. It's actually one of my favorites, and it's actually pretty crazy that it gets such a bad rep online, and I don't understand why. I. I think the fourth one is great. The fourth one is considered one of the worst in the series. Even the director removed his name. What? Okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, but if you are a director and you are like completely ashamed of the movie that you made, that you can actually use a fake name and it's always the same name. The name is Alan Smithy. This no, okay. No way. Get this. There's actually a documentary slash movie about the the pseudonym like Alan Smithy. It's an it's a name used by film directors to remove their name and disown off of a project, a project yeah. and like basically disown a project. And, That's interesting. and so yeah. I haven't seen this like documentary about Alan Smithy or whatever, but I don't I honestly like I never understood why it got like to that point mm. because I still think that the fourth one is a great fucking movie. Yeah. What I love about it, okay, so it was made in 1996. IMDb gave it a 5.1. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 31%. But what I loved about it the most, I watched it a lot when it was like released. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I loved about it the most was that it actually explained the history of the box. Yes. And it went back in time to the maker of the box and how it came to be. And it was like this whole satanic like ritual. And like they hired a man to replicate the box, obviously through the forces of Satan. But of his course. but his bloodline was like forever cursed, mm, no yeah. matter what he did. So okay, so it starts in space. I know that's gonna yeah. sound bad. Hellraiser <laughs> <Not laughs> in space. You I know, know it's bad I know when. it's gonna sound bad. It starts in space, but then he starts like telling the story, and then it goes back to like the 1800s, and Adam Scott <laughs> from Parks and Rec oh my God. <laughs> is oh. in it, and he is so hot. He is so fucking hot in Hellraiser Four and Boy Meets World. Just pointing that. Put Boy that Meets there. Don't you remember Adam Scott in Boy Meets World? Who the fuck is he in Boy Meets World? The brother? He's the bully. He was the second bully. But anyways. anyways. Uh, so I like that they went back in history and they explained like how the box was made and then like what happened to it afterwards and how it was connected to Cenobites, how it was connected to Pinhead and like hell and everything. But the gore in it was incredible as well. And also Kim Myers who is in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and Heavy Metal Summer. Yeah. She plays the mom in the character of the 90s because it goes through, like, different, like, stages of, like, history. And the best part, in my opinion, is when her husband, who is, like, 
part of like the bloodline of like Le Marchant or whatever, the guy who like originally like made the box, Pinhead comes for him and he makes a chain go flying into his neck and it comes out the other end of the back of his neck and then it turns into a blade. It like retracts oh, yeah! into a blade and then it goes backwards and then it fucking chops his head off. But the fact that it's done in slow motion sweet. is so fucking sweet. Like his head just starts to recline backwards and it's the, the greatest fucking goriest scene and probably the series like, it's so fucking awesome. I love it so much. And then it goes back into space and everything, and then Pinhead is, like, like trying... They're basically trying to, like, kill Pinhead, like, in space by, like, putting him into, like, the lament configuration. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, like, blown up at the end of the movie. But then part five comes out, Inferno, and then it just ignores... It ignores all of that. It just ignores that, everything yeah, that yeah. happened in part four. So one to and four then all is, of a like, sudden, the story Oh, line. Pinhead never died. Pinhead never got blown up and then he's just like cool there's like this guy who cheats on his wife and then goes to a hotel to fuck a hooker and then all of a sudden he plays with the box and then like these like sexy cenobites come out with like black tongues oh no that's all i remember that's all i remember from inferno i remember renting it and being like it has nothing to do with like the the sequels at all yeah that's when it started to fall apart for me yeah and uh, so bloodline I think is still a great movie, but Inferno is like that's when it started to like. Get I feel bad. like just just even the name of it, Inferno. Yeah, yeah. it strays away from the stories though. The first four, at least, they kind of make sense together. They right? do. They make sense together. Like they follow suit mm-hmm. because at the end of part three, the box gets buried in the cement and then it turns into a building. And then in part four, John Machan works for the building where the box is, like, part of the design. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't understand, like, why he's part of it. And it's actually because of his bloodline and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But, like, even the part where they, like, resurrect the demon woman mm-hmm. is, like, so gory. It's awesome. But, yeah, so Inferno, that's all I remember. So it came out in 2000. It has a 5.6 on IMDb, and it has no score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, what? Good wow. Yeah. So then Hellraiser 6 Hellseeker comes out yeah. in 2002. And I remember I was still living in my parents' house, and I remember it was a big deal because Ashley Lawrence was like making her comeback. Oh, yeah, right. oh okay. So Ashley Lawrence like made her comeback to the Hellraiser series, and so it was a huge deal. And I remember renting it and watching it. I don't even remember it. And it's garbage. Probably. I don't even remember it. Like, I think she, she hires. Pinhead to kill people for her? What? Or something? Oh, fuck. Go that sounds fuck. ridiculous. I don't even remember, like, at all. Sounds terrible. Hellseeker <laughs> has a 5.1 on IMDb and has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not good. That's brutal. Yeah, well. Yeah. Okay, so Hellraiser 7. Deader. Deader? No. Deader. Uh, oh. So I actually have never seen this one. Have you guys seen is this that, one? Is that the internet no, one? No, it's not. No. Number no. four is the last one that I ever okay, saw. Okay, so Hellraiser 7, Deader, came out in 2005. Tom Bradley is still attached to yes, these ones. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Poor, that poor okay, man. I know, I know. He's doing all right. He's doing yeah. all right. Uh, so <laughs> Deader came out in 2005. IMDb gave it a 4.6. Rotten Tomatoes, 17%. Okay. I well, never at least saw it had it. a score. Yeah. I never saw it. 
Uh, maybe I'll watch it. Who knows? Okay, Hellraiser 8. Hell World. Uh, Where Pinhead haunts the internet. the internet. Oh, my God. Like, what? I've owned that copy for I've seen about it. six I've seen years, it. and it's it like, remains in the packaging. You know, what, you know what it makes me think of? Actually, the Night of the Demons remake. Really? Did you ever watch the Why? Night of the Demons remake with Edward Furlong? Oh no, I did Whoa. not. Really? That okay. Um, it just like it's very similar. Like they all meet at a party, and then shit goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like Pinhead sends invites online, and then like to this party, and then they show up to this party, and then fucking, and then he kills them. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. Like Pinhead's like, except please accept my Facebook invitation <laughs> to my event, and like I'm gonna be there with all my whips and chains, and I'm gonna fuck y'all up. Like that's real, dude. It's real. Oh, that's so it bad. It actually happened. Well, I feel like when the internet first came out, though, it was like Everybody crazy was, like, thing. exploiting it. Yeah, it was like yeah, super novelty. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got to kind of, like, understand that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but they were a little bit too late because that's 2005. The internet was, like, at least 10 years old by then. But, well, hell world. IMDb gave it a 4.2 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 20%. 20? Yeah. Wow, so it's better than but Deader? But Deader, yeah, apparently, so. Better than Deader. Maybe I don't I'll... even remember Deader. Hellworld, I, I remember. I don't, I don't remember Deader at all. Like, Who came yeah. up with that fucking name? Deader. Deader. But they both came out the same year? 2005? Uh, yes. Yes, they oh, came out the a, same year. That's also mm-hmm. great. So I'm assuming Deb Bradley song. probably had very minimal uh, yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. We're going to get into the we're really gonna get into stuff it. now. We're getting into it. Okay, Hellraiser 9, Revelations. Came out in 2011. IMDb, get this shit, 2.8. Ron Tomatoes, no score. Okay, so this is the first Hellraiser movie that Doug Bradley did not play Pinhead. Oh, and it's just, he looks so Dude, oh my The cover of that movie is awful. Oh my fucking God. The cover is rotten. Okay, so Doug was offered the role of Pinhead, but he turned it down because of the poor quality of the script. I rented it. Mm. I tried. I gave it a chance. I fucking got like half an hour into it and I shut that shit off. Uh. I'm sorry. That movie is garbage. Mm. It's garbage. It's so fucking bad. Imagine being the. Oh! <laughs> oh! Are I, you looking at screen captures? I am. But imagine being the actor who's walking in knowing the shoes that he's filling. Are you cocky? Dude, yeah. are you cocky about it? Are you, yeah. are you shameful about I, I'm it? I'm not sure what the actor's name is. I don't hate him at all. You know, like, obviously, he's just, like, fucking, like, Just working. revisit that face. I just want you to revisit that it, face. It was bad. It was so bad. Like, it, not even just the guy that played Pinhead, but the other actors. Like, I just, like, ugh. Do you know who he, what this guy looks like? A baby doll? Well, he actually kind of looks like in the new Alien movies, like... Covenant and Prometheus, you know, the, like, engineers, like, creepy white-looking dudes. Yeah. But if you stuck pins in their face. Yeah. It's pretty it's but, terrible. Like, no, no, they miss, like, they could have cast somebody that, if they put the makeup on, would have looked closer than that. Like, that, that looks, I can't, no. It looks no, so it's, bad. It, it's so fucking bad. Garbage. All right, so let's talk about fucking the new Hellraiser. <sighs> so the 10th Hellraiser, Judgment. To be released this year. Uh, it's actually supposed to be released on Hellraiser's 30th anniversary. Which is? 
<laughs> which is this year, 2017. Heather Langenkamp is probably the biggest name attached to the project. Yes, girl. Uh, she plays a landlady. All right, so Hellraiser 10, Judgment, directed by Gary Tunicliffe. He is actually a special effects artist, and he also wrote Hellraiser Debtor, the one that I haven't seen. Clive Barker and Doug Bradley have absolutely nothing to do with it. Dimension had to make another one in the series in order to maintain the rights of the oh, intellectual property and offered the writing and directing role to Gary. Originally, he couldn't find financial backers, so he actually started a Kickstarter. Ooh, but then he removed it that's later. That's so cheap. But then he removed it yeah, later. So I'm not sure how long the Kickstarter actually occurred for, but then he removed it. I wonder if maybe in the interim period, like somebody actually came to the I have table no with idea. an offer for I, the movie. Maybe it was just like so. Shamed. I think like, but you know, yeah. I think like Dimension probably were just like, but we like they wanted to like uh, keep the rights mm-hmm. of the intellectual property. Right. So like they were just like, fuck it. We we'll just, just had to put we'll find do you something. The, we'll find you the financial package. Yeah. Like okay, so basically this guy Gary. He was unhappy with how Revelations turned out, and he wished that he directed it, and he had high hopes for the new movie, Judgment, like, because he wrote the one prior, Debtor, or whatever, and he wasn't happy with the way that it was directed, so because he's directing Judgment, he has high hopes for it. But I just want to quote him. This is what he said. I wrote a traditional Hellraiser story with revelations and it got raped by the fans. Oh. I'm not going to try and appease the fans anymore. Oh. I'm going to make a film for me and I have a very strong idea visually on where I want to go with the story and it's going to be very different. Okay. So he seems to not like give a shit about who the says franchise. That? Yeah, who's no, but who says I don't yeah, care about the, the fans? Hell? I don't want to please the fans. Who has the nerve to say he, that? Considering uh, the fans are the people that like make, make it movie. happen. Yeah. He seems to be very confident in this n- new movie, it seems. Like obviously, um he was very displeased with how Revelations Revelations whatever. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> There's too many. Yeah, bad like ones. he was like, I know it was bad. Because of the director, but because I'm directing Judgment. It'll be way better. It'll be, it'll be way better. But it'll be way better but because it's gonna I be don't care vision. what anybody thinks. It'll it's be what I want to do. Everybody knows that, like, Hellraiser's vision is Clive Barker's vision, you know? So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, make too many judgments, like, before I see the movie. But either way, it's very hard to not be critical because, like, obviously, like, we've been, like, horror fans our entire lives. What year did you say this is coming out? This year. he's It's coming out this year. 2017. Yeah. 2017. 2017 is coming to an end in four months. There hasn't been any trailers or anything. 2017 is over well, so soon. It's going to be a bullshit movie. And they released a couple photographs. Yeah. And I'm not sure how I feel. Right? I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about the photographs. They released a couple photos. They released a picture of uh, Pinhead with a character called the Auditor. And two other Cenobites, the Butcher and the Surgeon. The Surgeon is already another... Another Cenobite character, I think, from Part 5. But the surgeon just looks like a, like a gimp mask. It's like a fucking yeah. gas mask. Yeah. And uh, the butcher is... He's, uh, he reminds me of... It's just um, like a fat guy like wearing Texas a mask. Texas Chainsaw. He reminds me of Leatherface. Yeah. Like, he's got on that, um, that bib that, like... But um, it's like, oh, it's okay. this guy's vision, though. Like, he's making it his own 
film. But so Gary, he actually offered the role of Pinhead to Doug. He said he was like gonna be promised the script to read before making his decision. But then uh, Doug Bradley refused the role when he was told that he, he would have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which basically means that he would not be allowed to discuss anything with anyone. This is what Doug Bradley said on his Facebook page. Clearly, I am deemed too much of a security risk to be allowed to read a Hellraiser <laughs> script. People are starving to death in Syria and they're worried about me talking about Hellraiser movie. Get a fucking grip. Nice. Wow. Yeah, so um, I also am looking up at the IMDb right now. It's Hellraiser Judgment, right? I think it yeah. may have already come out and it didn't do anything. No, it's already out? No. It says release date and there's like all kinds of information about it. Anyway, so I gotta read you this one thing. So apparently... The director, Gary, had contacted Gary Doug... Tunicliffe. Yeah, he contacted Doug Bradley to ask for advice for the Ooh. new actor who was playing... How offensive! Pinhead. Paul Taylor, apparently, is this guy's name, and he asked him for some advice, and apparently, from what Doug Bradley said, Gary told him that Mr. Taylor has the screen presence of Peter Cushing and Ralph Fiennes. So he yeah, won't, I read that, He too. won't need any help from me, will he? It's like know. this Gary guy's like saying all these amazing things about his movie. Like this I'm guy sounds like a fucking pretty judgmental with sorry. this movie. Like I didn't watch uh, Deader or whatever, but like I don't know, man. But the weird thing is though is like the fact that there's still an IMDb credit for Clive Barker's like remake. So I'm not sure if that's still happening. It could but, happen. But Doug Bradley did state when he was asked, he did an interview with like iHorror News. They were asked him like, he was just, like, so after like all the bullshit that happened with like Judgment, you're not doing it. Like, would you still reprise like the pinhead character if like Clive Barker did it? And he said, never say never. Yeah. Oh, I know he would. Because he him would and totally Clive Barker are homies. They're buddies. Like, of course that yeah, he would they're do homies. that. And he, he knows that he would make a good movie, Oh, too, absolutely, though, you know? yeah. Yeah, I know. Especially given, like, today's, like, resources and all that stuff, like, he would he would do a spectacular. I'm yeah. sad for Heather Langenkamp for even doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'll watch what it. Like, I'll that? go. I'll yeah. go see it. But uh, it's just kind of a weird situation. Like, it seems very biased. Like, yeah. it seems like the director just like kind of doesn't give a shit what anybody says and just gonna make his own movie which is like cool but like but do you know what it seems like with? he went there because he had a tantrum it's not like he set out to be like i'm doing my own thing i feel like he tried something and then was like well of course fans of the thing. of the series are gonna be like critical of yeah. it like don't be a baby and like but at the same time though like on the internet i kind of feel like he's probably has this like pressure though because like dimension like wanted to keep the rights to hellraiser yeah. right yeah. so they were like they were rushed yeah. like they were like we need to get another hellraiser movie in so we can like keep the rights to yeah. the characters and the property and blah, blah 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 so he's probably like well i like if i have this like opportunity i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it yeah you know so i like it's like uh i'm not like uh, judging him like too quickly like he's probably in a situation which is like i have a chance to make this movie like and it's obviously like dimension are in this like situation where like they need to keep the rights to the franchise and they offered me this role obviously you would take it yeah you know so we'll see we'll see either way no matter what if it ends up being shitty if clive barker still does that 
movie that he was like intending on doing that's like 27 years like after and like uh Kirstie's like character with like the daughter and everything like I'm sure that would be successful yeah because everybody already knows like Clive Barker's name and everybody yeah. knows actually I would Lawrence. totally be into seeing it Course. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, but another like uh, sad note, um, Simon Sace is the man responsible for the design of the box. Just passed away. Oh, yeah, so he just passed away from cancer, and Aww. he created the design of the box and the lament configuration. There was a whole article on Bloody Disgusting about his uh, his life and everything. Um, and uh, but other than that. We finished the movie. Yeah. And um, we made it. We, we made, made it. it. We made it through Hellraiser 3. And uh, so we're going to discuss some other things that we recently watched. Um, but first of all, I would like to give my condolences to George A. Romero, oh, who just yeah. recently passed away. True that. True that. So that's obviously like a big shock to everybody in the horror community. And obviously, like, Respect man. I saw him at a distance. I didn't approach him. <laughs> I went to a horror convention and I was like, there he is. I, see him. I was like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I should approach him. Blah, blah, blah. But like, obviously, Night of the Living Dead is like a very nostalgic movie. All of the, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I will say that there is a couple movies of his that I haven't seen. And I'm very embarrassed to say that I've never seen Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that one Wait, movie. Season of the Witch with yeah. Nicolas Cage. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because that's not, a good movie. I don't know. The original. The no. one from 1972. No. I would love to watch it. Uh, one day I will. And another movie that like me and Morgan were actually like discussing recently that we haven't seen. Knight Rider. Yeah. That so, Knight Riders uh, is one of George A. Romero's movies that I've never seen. He wrote it's it like, and directed it, and it looks amazing. It's like motorcycle jousting. <laughs> oh, it's that does absurd. look good. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty awesome. He passed away in Toronto, and there was a... We live very close to Toronto. There was a memorial thing that, like, happened in the city and everything. I couldn't make it, but, like, I, I hope that it, like... You know, it was pretty awesome, and, like, lots of people showed up. And other than that, me and Morgan, we watched Raw. Yeah, we did. Recently. Yep. Oh, was it good? Yeah. yeah. It was, was, it, was uh, it good, some, though? Because I heard it wasn't there. I thought good. it was good, but, like, some scenes were a little avant-garde. Like, uh, some scenes were just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get, I sort of get what they were going for, and I, I didn't think it was, like, a uh, it was it was a good movie, but it wasn't like the ending wasn't like wow, like martyrs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. like the kind of movie that you think about for fucking weeks. Like martyrs, that was one of the movies that just like it did that to me. And every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, yeah, yeah. Start thinking about things in a different way. It was good, but it was still almost kind of like, well, like well, she's a vegetarian and she started eating meat, and like maybe there was more underlying themes there about. Like, there were a lot of underlying themes of, themes of, like, you know, teenagers and, like, coming into adulthood and, and like, sexuality yeah. and things like that. But, I, I yeah, like, I, I don't know what else they were really going for other than, like, yeah, she ate some fucking people. Right. <laughs> it was cool. Right. And, it, you know. Well, there I was, guess, like, the whole story yeah. with, like, her sister. It was interesting to see, like, how it developed mm -hmm. into a story because, like, her sister was kind of, like, in the same boat as her, like, before her. And uh, it was it was 
It was all right. It was uh, directed and written by um, a French lady, uh, Julia Ducourneau, and it was it was all right. It was definitely worth a watch. Yeah, definitely watch I would it. say watch it. It's yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So there's some new movies coming out soon. I'm a big fan of Turbo Kid, and those guys are working on a new movie called Summer of '84. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the internet right now. I know. I've seen some uh, shit. I can't wait to see that movie. So that's going to be exciting. And I'm going to let Megan talk about Dark Tower. Oh. <laughs> I'm like going to try and do this with no spoilers. Okay. She's the Stephen King fan of know. the group. But like, not just that. Like Dark Tower, I have two Dark Tower tattoos i have like 27 t-shirts like dark tower changed my life those books were like a pivotal part of my life so i heard the movie was coming out and i've always been like a super harsh critic of books turned film Mm -hmm. it's hard to do very hard to do especially when these books are so there's so much story Mm -hmm. and there's so much emotion and there's so much i mean to even build some of these characters stephen king took the first four books just building character Mm -hmm. and then they tried to make one fucking movie that is all-encompassing anyways. Well, uh, sorry, isn't it based off, like, the fifth or seventh book No, it's book not or based something? off, it's not based off any book. Okay, the I... The storyline is... Sorry, I thought it was based off, like, the seventh book. That's what I read online. No. So, there are parts of the seventh book. Right. There are parts of the first book. Mm. There are parts of the last book. So, they're book. basically trying to piece together this, like, amazingly long, absurd story this into epic. two hours. And then, and then they, you know, I can't even, it's really hard to do without spoilers, but... There's all these things that they... And then they made it so that they could make another movie after, but they've already done something to one of the main characters who they would need to continue the right. story according to the books. I don't know if they're going to do mm-hmm. continue the movies according to the books. Well, I remember, like, a while ago when, like, they were, like, making the movie, and you were, if I remember correctly, displeased with the fact that they actually cast Matthew McConaughey yeah. as that character because, like, if I remember correctly, you said that that character should not be pretty. He should not be pretty. He should be, like, not ugly. He's not, like, a disformed character, but he's, like, asexual almost. Mm-hmm. He should almost be, like, you, you don't react to the way he looks. Mm-hmm. And Matthew McConaughey did a he's very good job. Easy but on only the eyes, because though. he's a <laughs> great actor. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> about him and the acting was phenomenal that is the one thing I'll say about the Mm -hmm. movie is the acting was bang on but there wasn't enough character development there wasn't enough time there wasn't enough story development she can't even do it I can't even get to the end but (laughs) at the end of the movie something does or doesn't happen which at the end of the book does or doesn't happen so it leads you to believe that they've wrapped it up so it's just so from, okay bad. from a person so that like has never read the book so like I only read the first uh, graphic novel would I enjoy it yeah I mean there's not a lot of action there's like one big fight scene um y- yeah I've... lots of ladies love that guy from Luther though is <sighs> it Luther and the Wire yeah Andrew Selba yeah he's so fucking hot he does a great job at playing Roland it's true. But there's just, even you guys will watch it and say they needed more time. Mm-hmm. The movie is cut so short that right when you get into the good stuff, that's the end scene. Well, I thought mm-hmm. that, like, originally it was supposed to be a series. Well, they're doing a TV series now. Oh. I know it would it will still be hard, but yeah. at least if they're going to be doing a series over the course of, like, you know, 20 or so episodes, they'll at least be able to get a little bit more into the story. Yeah. Rather than trying to stuff the contents of like seven or so books into 
Like, and they inserted an a lot a of half. things that didn't happen in any of the books. I mean, you have eight books to pull from, right. and yet you create things that never happened in any yeah. of them for certain scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you feel the need to do that? Yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed, but like I said to you guys earlier, there was a lot of mention of The Shining, mm-hmm. um, Christine, Cujo. Like, like, there's a bunch of King. If you're a King fan, you're you're gonna you're gonna love it. If you haven't read the books, if you've read the books, you're gonna be I, uh, fucking. Yeah, pissed. I just read the first graphic novel. Oh, you're gonna and the graphic novel isn't even based on the first book. Yeah, it's based on like the fourth book. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But anyways, I'm gonna get a lot of flack for that because there's a lot of King fans of reviews I read that were like, "He never fucks up." Of course, this is like a masterpiece because King can do no wrong. And yeah, I, but how I much disagree. did Stephen King actually have to do with the movie aspect of it? Quite yeah. A- Quite a bit as far as, like, um, giving it the okay. He gave the end of the movie before it being released. The yes, this is good enough to Oh, released. he, like, approved it? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll I'll, see. I'll check it out. I'll check I mean, it out. it's going to be a million times better. Oh, my God. That. Yes. We, we are going to see that We're prepared for, like, shit. a masterpiece yes. yeah. in it. Yes. Oh, fuck. I can't wait for I it, know. man. It's going to sell out. I mean, people are going to be buying tickets for that, like, no, I know. I know. I can't it's wait. Coming. September eighth. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome. I heard away. that like um the actors that like played like the the kids uh, got to choose the actors that played them in the future. Wow, that'd be cool. I eh? know. Like no pressure. Well, uh, the San Diego Comic Con recently happened, and um, everybody knows that like when San Diego Comic Con like fucking happens, all the trailers come out. Yep. So the new Stranger Things trailer <laughs> came out. Oh my fucking god! God damn it! The new fucking Stranger Things trailer, like when they played Thriller. In I it. actually had, didn't see it. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! The new trailer fucking is awesome. Looks really good. I'm so fucking excited for that. Also, there was a trailer for the new American Horror Story. Crossover, Cult. right? It's called Cult. Yeah. Obviously, all their fucking oh. trailers are cryptic as fuck. And, like, I have no idea what the fuck it's about, but it was, like, a bunch of clowns. They say that it's going to be a crossover of Coven and the first one are rumors that I've heard. But then mm-hmm. I've heard the same as you, where it's, like, a bunch of, like, weird clowns. Dude, it's, like, a bunch of weird clowns But it's called something. Cult? And it's, yeah, it's, like it's a called clown Cult? cult? Yeah. yeah, I, get, like I don't ICP? know. Like ICP? Oh, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be super from or super familiar, super like, um, in the same environment as uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Eyes Wide. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. see, I love Eyes Wide mm-hmm. Shut. But I, I don't know. know that they'll yeah. be able to do that. Though. You know, I know Megan is a fan of American Horror Story, but I'm not. I but but I do love Coven. But I watched the trailer for the new for Cult, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? All their trailers are all cryptic. They're yeah. all cryptic. But there was also a trailer for Jigsaw. The new Saw movie. That's gonna be good. I, I'm not like uh like a huge like Saw fan. Like I'm not very familiar with like the story, but I do love the gore. You'll love it anyway. We're all gonna love it. Yeah, man. The gore in the Saw movies so is what sells them. And I I don't know, like honestly, to be honest. I, I know I've seen the first one and I've seen some other I definitely ones. saw I, the I first couldn't one. even tell you which sequels I've seen. Yeah, but the but the either. fucking kill scenes are great though. Like there was a scene in the new Jigsaw trailer where there was like a silo full of sand and like these people were like stuck in the sand and then all these like saws and knives and shit that were could. like falling on them. Like you'd be fucked. Like there was no way of getting out of that. So that was pretty cool. There's also a new trailer for the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre called Leatherface. I saw it, And yeah. I watched the trailer, and I personally am not 
a giant Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. fan. I do love the second one because I love Dennis Hopper. But I never got into Leatherface character. But I, I love that Stephen Dorff is in the new Leatherface because I love that he's, like, coming back into horror. Yeah. You know, because he was in The Gate and I love The Gate. So that's fun. But also, I'm so excited. They released the trailer for my friend Dahmer. And that dude oh, looks so yeah. much like him. It's I, and they're can't What's fucking wait to fucking see that movie because I have the graphic novel by Durf Bacter. Oh, yeah. So yes, good. that's his name. This guy, Durf, went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer and he... He was like in his circle novel, of his friends. He was like one of his buddies. Yeah, yeah, like he like recounted like... I still have your copy, by the way. I, I read it. It's really good. It's awesome. That graphic novel is so good because it's, like, written by a guy who fucking went to high school with yeah. him and, like, knew him. he was him. his friend. And it, like, oh, man, I can't fucking wait to see that movie. That movie's gonna be fucking great. It was well cast as well. The guy who plays Jeffrey Dahmer looks I'm looking it up. Oh, just Ross, like him. Ross Lynch. Yeah, it's phenomenal. He looks just like him. But, yeah, like, that's gonna be fucking awesome. Oh, he's got one of those families where all their names starts with R. Oh. Riker, Ryder, Rocky, Ryland. That's too bad. <laughs> I like those families. They're funny. Well, I'm pretty excited about anyway. my friend Dahmer. I I love any movie that like depicts like a serial killer, and like I still haven't seen the O.J. Simpson show, and we were just talking about that recently. So I I'm very excited to see this. So that's gonna like be it, awesome. it won all the awards. I know so I know. many awards. All right. Well, we're wrapping up. Thank you for listening. And I hope you all love Hellraiser 3. Yes. As much as we do. Yes, indeed. And sorry it took us so long to get back into the uh, into the swing of things. It's been a while since our last episode. I know. Well, I, I'm a sucker and I'm a student. And I spend most of my I've time I've been out of the country for two weeks. This one, yeah, this was, one was in Portugal. Almost getting arrested. Drugs are bad, okay? But yeah, anyways, thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you have a good evening. Good evening. Oh, yeah. Come to daddy.